0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, we have double duty to take care of on this show today because we have to talk Packers Saints. We also have to talk Packers Lions, review one game, preview another. We'll start with reviewing Sunday's game at Lambeau Field and I don't know where you want to start with this, but I'm going to start right here, because last week we spent a good portion of our Tuesday show talking about how one bad quarter of football can wipe out three pretty good quarters of football. Well, now one awfully good quarter of football wiped out three very very struggling quarters of football for the green bay packers and they came out of these two games at one and one because they pulled off a 17 point fourth quarter comeback against the
1: saints can i can i break down the third wall a little bit here fourth wall and just <laughs> sure. give you a little bit of a background here so i i got tickets for two separate collections of people um my good friend Matteo rubinato and his family were at the game also, one of our former interns, Ivana Olson, brought her dad to the game. Both of them at halftime. I texted going, "I'm really sorry," because <laughs> like they both were super excited, and it was a slow start. And then afterwards, after that fourth quarter, I sent a, both the text going, "NVM, turned out cool." Yeah. Uh, I, it's funny, Mike. As many years as I've covered this thing, and you obviously have a couple more of these games under your belt than I do, I always feel like I see something new. And this game, as much as there were some parallels to what happened in 2018, the only other time the Packers have come back from a 17 point deficit in that win over the Bears in the beginning of the 100th season, this one just felt different because this one, it's not like the quarterback was out. It's not that anybody was injured, well, other than the people that were injured at the beginning. It was just a matter of the Packers just really were not executing early on. And there were too many penalties. They were thrown in a bunch of third and long situations as good as, you know, Jordan Love has been on third and longs. It's difficult when it's third and nine plus,
0: especially against a defense like that one.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. They're not going to give you any extra, you know, leeway, but then you get to that fourth quarter and that last seven minutes specifically and everything turned over and what I learned from that, there's a number of things you and I are going to talk about here in terms of the grittiness of the team, guys stepping up and making plays, but if there was ever a situation that shows you what a young quarterback's medal is made out of, it was that with Jordan Love. The kid stepped up routinely and made a bunch of plays that I don't know a lot of NFL quarterbacks could make.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, one of the, one of the big talking points after the game was just how, uh, as badly as everything had gone for three quarters, that you know. As we've talked about with Jordan Love, he was still he was still poised. He didn't let anything fluster him or rattle him. He was the leader of that team, or specifically of the offense, in getting things going. Because we'll talk in a minute about how the defense, on balance, played a pretty darn good right. football game um, from start to finish. But when you talk about a comeback like this, and and I mentioned this in Insider Inbox, other conversations I've had with people. I, don't, I I've I've seen a lot of comebacks in my day, both by the Packers, by the other team, whatever it may be. I don't know if I've ever seen one that felt like it came completely out of the blue. Yeah, that it just you you just had felt like there was nothing. That you were gonna hang your hat on and say okay yeah there's still a chance there's still a chance and you know even going all the way up to the first play of the fourth quarter the packers are in the red zone they've got fourth and two at the 13 yard line 17 to nothing at the start of the fourth quarter is not insurmountable it's three scores it's a tough hill to climb but it's not insurmountable but then on fourth and two from the 13 yard line they, the Packers can't connect. Love and Patrick Taylor are just on, not on the same page with when the Saints, in essence, were giving them the first down yeah. the way they were lining up defensively. You don't execute that pass. You turn the ball over on downs, and, and, you know, you're you're just like, what do you even have to go on here? And then suddenly, you know, the, the defense was holding up its end, kept getting the ball back to the offense to give them chance after chance after chance. And then suddenly, those chances turned into field goal, touchdown, touchdown, a gutsy two-point conversion on the middle score after the second touchdown, or after the first touchdown, the second score. Um, which uh, which turned out to be a, a tremendous play by Jordan Love, just off schedule, improvising, finding Samari Toure when he starts to scramble and buy some time, but he's got no way to get to the goal line himself. and he just whips a pass across uh, across his body and and, you know, you could feel the energy in the stadium um the defense was getting its job done you know jaden you know jaden you know, reed makes a diving catch for 30 yards just a couple of plays after jordan love scrambles 24 yards up the sideline i mean it was just it started to compound itself but it it just it felt like it came out of the blue and uh um and i give credit you know there've been some discussions in Matt LaFleur's press conferences like are are, are is this is a young team are they just too young to know any better that you're not supposed to be able to do that you're not supposed to just flip a switch and go win a game that you kind of had no business winning but they found a way and it certainly puts the team in a much better place mentally, psychologically, and everything going into a short week with a division rival coming in here for Thursday Night Football.
1: And that's what impressed me the most, because a game that maybe they didn't have any business winning came a week after a game they had no business losing. Correct. When they had so much momentum going for them in the fourth quarter uh, against the Falcons on the road. This game, a couple things that also stood out to me, you touched on it with Jordan Love inside the red zone. There are so many things about him, and and we're getting, you know, it's – We're almost getting long-winded. I'm definitely getting long-winded talking about his poise and his confidence and just his composure in those situations. But the kid is, the the guy is just built for red-zone situations and situational football. Yeah. Uh, That play to Toure, although it wasn't technically in the red zone. I mean, he's dancing. He's scrambling the pocket. He's stepping tall. He's seeing through the clutter and he's finding his receiver on an extended play that you don't typically see happen on a two-point conversion. Usually, you got to hit your mark right away, or you're not going to get the points. They made a play happen, though. Matt LaFleur even said he didn't feel great about the play call going into that, but Jordan Love made the Packers look really smart.
0: <laughs> when you And when you look at the play on film, just another example of how things were not going in the Packers direction and they weren't really executing well. Jaden Reed comes in motion on that two-point conversion and his timing on the motion is off. He almost gets hit by the shotgun snap because he either he goes too far, doesn't get there. I don't know what exactly his assignment was in terms of the motion, but the snap on the two-point conversion almost hit him in the leg and would have completely wrecked that and and obviously would have changed everything going down the stretch if the Packers are down eight as opposed to being down six. I mean um, the uh, uh, there was so much that the Packers had to do to, to overcome to kind of get out of their own way. When you talk about the penalties and, and the pre-snap stuff and the holding and the special teams was committing penalties and putting them in bad field position and, and all, all of that kind of stuff. Somehow they just, you know, Matt LaFleur talks about resilience, but it wasn't just resilience. There was also a persistence in this game. This team, This team showed a persistence, whether you're talking about the defense going out there and just continually getting stops to get the ball back to the offense, or whether you're talking about Jordan Love trying to hit Romeo Dobbs against Isaac Yadam, the one-on-one coverage on the outside, because Marshawn Lattimore's on the other side. You don't really want to mess with the all-pro over there. He kept after it. And then sure enough, they finally connected for what turned out to be the game winning touchdown. Yeah.
1: And and then what has to happen after that? It's Anders Carlson making that extra point. I mean, it was even something that got brought up with Rich Passaccia. Those are big key moments for a young team, a young holder, first-year player and Daniel Whelan. And, you know, early on, Whelan has the punt return for a touchdown. They make the adjustments there. And then, honestly, what sort of picked the Packers up during that final stretch? To my eye, it was that play that they ran on the special teams kickoff coverage where you had – Darnell Savage knifing inside of Keyshawn Nixon, making an open field tackle, and making Rashid Shahid, who who actually had that punt return for touchdown, dropping him at the 17 and making the Saints take over the ball at that spot. There were some unfortunate things. Derek Carr goes down with the AC joint sprain on one of the sacks that Rashawn Gary had. But then Gary down the stretch made some big plays. Four quarterback hits, three sacks. I don't even know how many pressures he got accredited for with, like, pro football focus. But the guy was constantly around the football. It was my story after the game. You touched on it as well. The complimentary football aspect of this, it's everything that was missing in Atlanta. It was present at Lambeau Field on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and it just just goes to show how, uh, you know, as we talked about last week, how important crunch time is in this business. You know, these games, unless unless it's, uh, you know, Miami Dolphins against the Denver Broncos these games are these games are not they're very rarely out of reach no. you know with when there's 15 minutes to play when there's still a whole quarter to go and 17 to nothing looked terrible and the Packers offensively were playing terribly um but if you can get your act together in crunch time and especially when you're playing at home just like the Falcons last week were at home they get the crowd behind them you know Matt LaFleur said after the game momentum is momentum is a weird thing there are all sorts of philosophical debates about whether it's real or not or 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 whatever but man you you felt it in it the, you felt it. it in the stadium that the the Lambo crowd they were there for Jordan Love's first home start and uh and once they had something to cheer about, man, they brought it. And uh and yeah, the Saints lost Derek Carr on one of those one of those sacks by Rashawn Gary. Jameis Winston steps in. He's still got Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and, and these guys to uh to throw the ball to and, and the Packers defense just kept kept getting the job done. You know, I pointed out in my in my what you might have missed feature that's on the website there were two you know, really two defensive sequences that not a lot of people are talking about because they weren't in the fourth quarter. But you look at the end of the first half when Derek Carr is still in the game, they've got first and goal in the seven yard line with a chance to go up 21 to zero. Yep. And the Packers defense held, made him kick the field goal. It was only 17 nothing at the half as opposed to 21. And then on one of Winston's early possessions, he actually gets a, a first down or two. And they have a first down at the, I believe it's the 37-yard line for Green Bay. No, I'm sorry, 41-yard line of Green Bay. So they move the chains one more time. That field goal is under 50 yards, and and they're looking at potentially adding three points, even with Winston not doing a whole lot. Yeah. But the defense rose up and got a three and out there, made them made them punt. The Saints didn't get to didn't get any more points on the board. And then, of course, you know Packers catch a break when. Uh, when the Saints rookie kicker misses from 46 yards. But that goes back to your point about Anders Carlson with the PAT, right? He's a rookie kicker as well. There's a lot of pressure there. No, 33 yards for a PAT is not 46 yards from the hash for a field goal, but still... One guy, one rookie made a clutch kick in this game, and the other one didn't, and, uh, and it was huge in the Packers coming out on the winning side.
1: And honors made two, because, I mean, that 38-yarder, the Packers don't win this game if you don't make that field goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because that that not, was to get them on the board.
1: If they if they don't get any points on that drive, after they've already been stopped on the fourth and two and turned it over, it, that would have been almost insurmountable. Just from a, a momentum standpoint, a rhythm standpoint, I think it would have been hard to kick it into that extra gear. But <clears throat> this is what had to happen. It was the response the Packers needed to make. You didn't have Jair Alexander, who was questionable with the back injury. You didn't have Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, or Aaron Jones again. They needed young guys to rise to that occasion. Whether or not they know enough to know not what they know in these matchups, it, it, it's irrelevant. It's yeah. about what do you do when you go out there I thought that team followed the energy of Jordan Love, the 25-yard scramble that he had to kickstart one of the series, the 30-yard pass to Jaden Reed. We saw a number of different DPI calls again. For as much as people have been talking about, oh, he throws downfield so often, the Packers are generating yards. They're generating points off those opportunities. It's exciting. Packers are playing an exciting brand of football right now.
0: Yeah, when you talk about, again, about the persistence that it took in this comeback. Matt Lafleur continued to try to push the ball down the field. This was not some kind of dink and dunk take with the defense is giving you comeback and and you know on the one drive two explosive attempts down the field turn into two defensive pass interference penalties covering sixty seven yards and suddenly you're in scoring position to make it a one score game. Jaden Reed, he. Got his hands on some passes that he'd like to have back that he feels he should have caught. Everybody feels he should have caught those. But Jordan Reed kept going to him. Not that he had a whole lot of choice with Aaron Jones and Christian Watson not in the game but Jaden Reed just kept plugging away. He was persistent. He stayed with it and he makes the big 30-yard diving catch down the field that, you know, whatever the next gen stats say was 30% catch probability or whatever and but he he makes the play when he had some other plays earlier in the game that maybe were a, a little bit more routine so to speak and he he doesn't come up with them but they just these young guys that had that had to step up into bigger roles, they just kept playing and they just kept fighting. And Matt Lafleur sure was proud of them after the game.
1: I appreciate the analytics and the numbers. Certainly, that played into the Packers' decision to go for the two-point conversion yeah. and successfully make it. But it always get I always get the kick out of these percentages or these um, probabilities because there was also like a ninety-four or ninety-seven point four percent probability that the Saints were going to win that game with like. Seven minutes left, and you saw how quickly (laughs) that can change. But the Packers didn't give up. They believed, and now they have to enjoy it very quickly – and then prepare for the Detroit Lions.
0: Well, that's what I want to get to is how quickly the Packers have to turn the page here, but I will take care of a little bit of sponsor business. Serious XM NFL Radio delivers hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24 7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, there's a lot of challenges here facing the Packers on a short week west. Not only is there obviously the limited preparation time and everything, which which is the same for both teams coming off of a game on Sunday but the packers have they have so much about their operation on offense and on special teams in particular that they need to clean up there were all the penalties on offense there was the there were penalties on special teams there was the punt return allowed for a touchdown you have so little time right now to try to straighten that stuff out i mean you you have to review it in some fashion but at the same time You've got you've to move on and prepare specifically for a Detroit Lions team that's coming into Lambeau Field with the same 2-1 record. Both the Bears and the Vikings are 0-3, so this is for first place um, in the NFC North at this early stage of the season. The, the winner is going to walk off that field on Thursday night, um, you know, sitting on top of the division. Um, big game here, that, that, you know. Both of the Packers and Lions games this year are in short weeks on Thursdays, right? The one in Detroit will be on Thanksgiving Day. This is the first one, and for a week four game, it feels awfully big.
1: Yeah, for a Thursday night football game, it feels awfully big. I mean, there's been some blowouts here over the past couple of years in these games, and certainly this one is one that I think a lot of people are going to be tuning into. The, the Lions had such an interesting performance against the Falcons. Uh, the more I dived into this, that it's just a strange game that they played. Defensively played excellent. They stopped that running game. Uh Jared Goff threw 33 passes and targeted four receivers. <laughs> uh, just ridiculous, kind of like, it's Amin Ross St. Brown, and it was Sam Laporta in this game, and that was pretty much the passing attack. Yeah. And then Jameer Gibbs, I think, showed a lot of the flashes that we've seen with him. But I'm telling you right now, Michael, I am going to telegraph what my final thoughts uh, Player to watch for this is going to be. Well, we have to
0: shoot it pretty soon because the game is is almost here already.
1: But I don't want to do any spoilers, but I'll say this, man. This is a Rashawn Gary game. And what I mean by that is the Lions do have a couple injuries on the offensive line. There are some guys that are banged up as good as that group has been. And they still, we're not sure whether or not they're going to have David Montgomery. He was estimated as limited on Monday, but that's their third down back. And I keep harping on it, but the first thing I watch in the first two games with the Lions is Gibbs is a very talented back and he looks like he needs some some seasoning in terms of the the other aspects of the position. Packers have to make that count. You have to put on pressure into Jared Goff because as we've seen so many times, including last season, when he gets into a rhythm and he protects the football, it's a pretty efficient offense and can be difficult to stop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and this is this is really interesting the way this falls and we were kinda hinting at this last week. Because it doesn't doesn't happen this way very often, but here the Packers and Lions are meeting in Week Four, and they have both played the same team yeah. each of the last two weeks, right? And you know it's a week to week league in the NFL. Different teams match up with opponents in in different ways, so you can't you can't read too much into it. But there's a lot of there, there's a lot of sort of thumbs up, thumbs down kind of things when you try to make the comparisons because the Detroit Lions for as much as they controlled that win over the Falcons, they only scored 20 points against Atlanta's defense in their own stadium. The Packers had 24 points against Atlanta in three quarters before things kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter on the road there. But then the flip side of it is that Atlanta running game that the Packers could not handle – the Lions completely shut it down. I believe they ended up as a team. The Falcons with only 44 yards rushing on 20 attempts. Yep. So that that turned the game over to Desmond Ritter, the Falcons' quarterback. It was all in his hands, and the Lions just made his life miserable in the pocket. They were getting after him, play after play after play. They end up with seven sacks of Ritter in the game. So when I when I look at this one, and I totally agree with you with regard with regard to Rashawn Gary. The flip side of it is true for me if you're the Packers, Aiden Hutchinson is the guy you can't let dictate what is going to be going on out there and the Lions have a good defense and they have other good defensive players aside from Aiden Hutchinson, but to me it feels like he's the, you know, the old Reggie Jackson New York Yankees line. He's the straw that stirs the yes. drink on that Lions defense. I think we saw it against the Chiefs in the in the kickoff opener in week 1 on that that Thursday night game. Aiden Hutchinson is the guy who um, makes that defense go, I think. And if the Packers can, whether David Bakhtiari is going to play, we don't know. You know, Zach Tom injured his knee, uh, you know, at right tackle. We don't really know where the Packers are going to be on the offensive line for this game. But, man, you've got to keep Aiden Hutchinson from uh, from taking command of this thing because he can uh, he, he can wreck a whole lot of offense. And if
1: you haven't watched the Lions yet this year, haven't seen a lot of them, what I would suggest is in the back of your mind kind of keep 2019 zadarius Smith in your head. I mean, they are going to move him around all over the place. I mean, John Runyon, Royce Newman, if he gets the call again at left guard, they're going to have to be – You know, aware of his whereabouts in this one because they just they don't plug him in at one spot it's not even about playing him off the edges they'll play him anywhere now at this point and the guy can actually wreck the game from there because it's not just about the sacks that he gets it's the way in which the defense around him adjusts to that I'll tell you this man at the end of last year I know the Lions statistically were not very good I think we saw two of the best performances that they had against Green Bay both at their place and then here in the finale
0: yeah I agree entirely but
1: That momentum they had at the end of last season with Aaron Glenn's unit, they continued to build off of it. And I think they've been one of the more more stingy defenses so far this season. You had to read about it when I wrote about it in the inbox, but Brian Branch is looking like an absolute gem of a pick there in the middle of the second round, a guy that had a first-round grade, but everybody's like, oh, it's 2023. Do you want to spend a first-round pick on a safety? He's reminding everybody about how impactful that position can be. And again, Michael, that is a spot in that secondary that they really have struggled in recent years to fill. They had some decent pass rushers. They had some good linebackers, but they didn't have defensive backs. Uh, they're starting to find some defensive backs now.
0: Yeah, they are. It's it's coming together for the Lions defensively, and you, and you wonder. I mean, they they certainly certainly made life difficult for the Chiefs in that kickoff opener. Um, they had some some ups and downs against Geno Smith. Uh, yep. That was kind of a high scoring game there in week two. Although uh, the Seahawks did have a pick six off of Goff in that game, so that uh, that added to the point total. That uh, when it comes to points against, that counts yep. against uh, your defense kind of unfairly in that respect and uh and yeah i mean holding the holding the atlanta falcons a 2 and 0 team that had a lot going for them holding those guys to just 6 points last week um these short weeks uh you, you never you never know what's going to happen. Both teams are, are up against uh, the same limitations. Um, quickly before we go, aside from anything that we've already talked about, anything else that jumps out at you as a key to victory for Green Bay in this Field
1: one? position and time of possession. Uh, the Lions have done a really good job with both of those things. I personally said for a number of years, now, I think Jack Fox is probably one of the more underrated punters in the NFL. A lot of people don't talk about this guy, but the guy only puts together solid performance after solid performance. A, a consistent four 42 net punter. When the Lions are playing their brand of football, they are controlling the tempo, those things, the tempo of it. Khalif Raymond involved in that and and you mentioned it Michael a couple weeks back with that pick six that's the one thing that Green Bay I think is going to need in this game to succeed I'm not saying you have to go and score a touchdown but I'm just saying you need to find ways to take away the football and generate points off those takeaways that's been one area outside of the you know the Quay Walker interception that they've kind of struggled with here early on but if you can win the turnover battle you can win the time of possession I think the Green Bay Packers can get out of this thing three and one
0: Yeah, I think the thing that jumps out to me, and and a lot of it comes off of just with what the Packers are struggling with, with their ground game in particular, and then also you look at what the Lions did to the Falcons. Offensively, the Packers have to find a way to stay balanced in this game, and Green Bay's run game is not where they want it to be. Certainly, if Aaron Jones can uh, can get back and be able to play in this game, that would be a huge boost in that regard. But as much as the ground game is struggling, you're still going to have to find a way to be effective in some fashion on the ground because the Falcons found out last week what it's like. If uh, if you become one-dimensional against this Lions defense, it's uh, it's lights out. I mean, Desmond Ritter just had no chance back there. He was getting buried every other play um, when he's trying to throw. And, uh, and the Packers can't get into... Packers can't get into that kind of game. You've got, you've got to find a way to get something you can rely on, something that be, can, can be consistent on the ground so that that Lions defense has to play you honest.
1: I agree with you. And, and the other thing I'll close on this, you know, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of corrections Green Bay need to make coming out of that game against the Saints. But to me, now maybe this is just me being too much of a softy. I guess you could say, but it's like... <laughs> Wes, a softy? Really? Come on. Come on. Sensitive, softy. No, but to me, I had almost bring up those last 10 minutes of film and just put that in front of the team, too, and be like, this is what it's supposed to look like.
0: This, Yeah, this is this, who this is who we this are. This is who right? we are, because right.
1: you know what's great about that sequence, Michael? It's not like the Packers just completed every single pass and they everything went right. No, Jordan Love had plenty of incompletions during that time as well, but they kept getting after it. They kept chopping wood, I think was one of the expressions that... Preston Smith used after the game and these are the type of matchups you want to be able to do because I'm telling you Michael the way the schedule's lining up things are favorable for Green Bay they needed to get out of this first stretch of the season okay you know this wasn't advantageous to go two weeks on the road and then come back home if you go if you split on the road and win your first your first two at home you go into that Monday night game against the Raiders feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and obviously everybody's crossing their fingers. We're probably not going to know until 90 minutes before kickoff just where the Packers are health-wise with, uh, with all of these guys who have been uh – have been missing time, but uh, but, hey, that's life in the NFL, and the Packers are dealing with it every day now.
1: Packers kept 11 offensive linemen, at least on the initial 53-man roster, (laughs) and uh, every day we're being reminded about how you need those guys in order to navigate a season.
0: There's a reason for it, right? Uh, With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and everything from Thursday night's big game against the Lions at Lambeau Field. We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in everybody, we will see you next time.